Brooklyn, New York. This is the Brooklyn Art Library Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Peterman. This week, we talked to artist Kat Willett about her life as a freelance illustrator. As a side note, if you want to learn more about any of the artists we interview in this episode or any of the previous episodes, head to brooklynartlibrary.org slash podcast. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Kat. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Autumn. Thanks so much for having me. So do you want to let everyone who's listening kind of know who you are, what you're working on, and how did you find the Sketchbook Project? Yeah, I, so my name is Kat Willett. I'm an illustrator. I'm based here in Brooklyn. Um, and I found out about the Sketchbook Project, I think, many years ago from a friend who lived here. So before I moved to New York, I, a friend told me that he was a part of it. And I don't know why, but at the time I thought it was like this exclusive invite only thing that you had to be accepted into. Um, But I remember thinking, oh, that's a really cool concept. And then I think that you, when you came to interview me for Canvas and Cassette, your magazine at my apartment, you mentioned that you were involved in Sketch Project. And then it kind of rekindled my interest and I looked it up like, oh, anyone can join. That's so cool. Cool. I didn't realize yeah. that um, I brought you in. So that's a full, fun, full circle. You did. Yeah, you did. Um, and so you've done some workshops with us. Have you gone to the Brooklyn Art Library to kind of like look at the books beforehand? Or did you get to see your book that you submitted? Yeah, I haven't seen my book that I submitted since I submitted it. Um, I think because it was right before the pandemic. Mm. But I have been to the library before COVID just to browse, which is so much fun. I mean, there's just such a wide variety of work, you know, different kinds of work and all the different things people do with their sketchbooks is so awesome to see. You know, some people really like transform the, you know, the whole idea of a concept is just the idea of a sketchbook is just taken apart. They cut it up and make it into something else, like something sculptural. And then others are traditional, you know, sketching from observation so yeah it's really it's always really fascinating to check it out and I'm excited to um get back you know once they're back to normal and just hang out there and look at the art so for your sketchbook you have a lot of like botanical illustrations and there's still lives of like fruit and different plants so what were you kind of thinking about when you were creating your book were you working from a theme or were you just kind of like using your environment around you what was that process like yeah, I think my main goal was to try to loosen up. Um, I usually work digitally and a lot of my work is for clients. So I normally, or I do books. So I normally have like a really kind of defined like framework that I'm creating within. And my style is a bit more detailed and I do a lot of line work. So my goal was really to just draw freely without any real plan. Um, which I think is interesting because a lot of people do create sketchbooks within themes to sort of keep them at it. And for me, I needed to create something where I could be totally like carefree in order to keep at it. Otherwise it would just become like another chore. Um, so I think the way that seemed most natural to me to like loosen up was just to draw what I saw around me. So I just, you know, would draw plants and flowers and fruit in my home because then I, I like couldn't think about it too much and I couldn't really plan or be too strategic. And that was kind of therapeutic 
honestly, to just be sort of free. And I was also trying to use um, wet media more because I work with ink a lot or like digitally, like I said. So I think the first thing I did was I bought thicker paper and cut it to size and then put it right into the sketchbook so that I could just paint or use pasta markers or, you know, really wet things, which is different than I normally work. So I was kind of just forcing myself to do something different. That was my goal. Um, yeah, so I think that's really interesting that even though you weren't working in a theme, you were still kind of putting, um, you were using it as like a way to explore something that might be a little unknown since you were working in a medium that you're not you like usually used to. So what was that process like to kind of explore a medium using the sketchbook? Were you afraid to kind of um, explore in that way or because you were di- using different paper? Um, you had a bit more freedom. I know that some people feel a little nervous to kind of make the first mark in their book, so to say. Yeah, I was afraid. Um, <laughs> especially with something like paint, like messed up so easily. But I think that the process of adding new paper to the sketchbook actually helped because I was thinking, well, if I don't like the outcome, I can just put something else on top of it, like adhere a new painting to it. Um, so that helped me a bit just to not feel like it was so permanent and you can just paint over it. So I did that a lot (laughs) where I didn't like the page and then I came back to it later. So I tried to work on it sequentially, you know, like one page after another. And then when I finished the whole thing, I went back and I painted over some of the pages that I didn't like. Um, yeah, it was a bit intimidating before, but just that, you know, typical blank canvas kind of feeling that I think everyone gets when they start a new project. I'm, I'm really curious. Um, I don't really know much about your background as an artist. So I'm, I'm curious and I'm sure everyone is curious how you got into being freelancing and how that sort of, I'm sure Autumn has questions about how like the sketchbook project affects maybe your professional work, but I'm I'm curious if you can give mm-hmm. us a little background on sort of how you became a, a, a freelance illustrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think maybe slightly unconventional path to where I am now, but um, I studied printmaking in college, and I was always creative. Like I grew up drawing and painting, and I knew I wanted to do something creative, but I I don't know. I didn't really know many illustrators. I'm from Buffalo, New York, and there wasn't much of an illustration scene. So I sort of always had the feeling that I would need to have like a job and then make art on the side. So I studied art history and then I went into museum work. So I worked in museums and galleries for many years. And I always kind of had this printmaking background, but Printmaking is a bit hard to do if you don't have a lab. You know, you need a lot of chemicals and metal plates and presses. And so after school, it was like this very analog training and skill that I had that I couldn't really use. Um, I don't know if I subconsciously like did that to myself because I was afraid to (laughs) be a a full-time artist. But um, yeah, so I was working in museums and galleries and then I I moved to New York and I think my eyes were just kind of opened by the illustration scene here and by all the different ways that you can make a living as an artist and all the different types of gigs that you can be hired for. Um, It was really 
amazing to me and inspiring. So I was working in marketing for about four years and kind of like saving up money and getting ready to take the plunge into freelance, um, which is something I recommend doing if anyone is, is looking to quit their day job, you know, save some money if you, you know, unless you have independent means, but prepare yourself because it's, it can be a little bit daunting at first. Um, and then I decided to go to FIT, so the Fashion Institute of Technology for their illustration grad program. And that was a three-year um, part-time program, which was so helpful to me because I had this kind of fine art background and I wanted to learn more about making narrative work. And I really was interested in doing books in particular. Um, and that's sort of like a different side of your brain, right? Like telling a story through art rather than just expressing something you're feeling. Um, so that was hugely helpful to me. And the program was super small. There were six of us. And we had a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with professional illustrators who would come and do studio visits and share their work. And um, again, it was just this really eye-opening experience. Like, wow, I can do this if I have a plan. So then I graduated and I quit my job kind of at the same time. <laughs> that was a year and a half ago, two years now, around. And since then, um, I've been freelancing. And I actually, it's funny because I feel like I'm, my work now is so connected to the Brooklyn Art Library in so many different ways. And one of the ways is that I did a talk last year about Pamela Coleman-Smith, who is an illustrator. Um, and then I got a book deal. So now I'm working on a book, an illustrated biography of her life. And now that I'm doing, I'm working on this book, which is a lot of work and I spend a lot of time alone in the studio. And to take breaks, I'll draw my sketchbook as kind of like a screen break. And I've also taken like what I would draw in my sketchbook and I've started to paint it really big as paintings. So I'm kind of now doing, <laughs> I'm doing the, the same kind of drawings that I did in my sketchbook for the Brooklyn Art Library, but now as like paintings, which, mm. and I kind of credit those, like that style to the sketchbook that I made for you guys. Oh, that's cool. It's, yeah, it's like a nice way to, to take a, you know, a rest, like to rest my eyes from staring at a computer all day. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that was that's interesting about the the what you're talking about the narrative illustration versus sort of a single page illustration. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like that is probably something a lot of people think about. I know my wife is an illustrator, and mm -hmm. and, and when she thinks about it, she kind of gets stuck on that. Um, do you have sort of advice or or ways that people can start to think about? their illustration as sort of a larger piece or sort of how did you start to think about that in the beginning? Yeah, it's, it's a bit tricky because I think that there's so many different ways to tell a story. So the way that I might tell a story visually is, you know, could be a world difference from the way your wife might tell a story visually or anyone else. So it's hard, but it's hard to like, impart wisdom, but I do think that <laughs> writing, <laughs> writing is really helpful. So whenever I'm working on a story, I always write it out. And I don't really consider myself a writer, but it's now it's kind of like an essential part of my process. I have to write out the story. 
And then I'll look at the story and I'll pick out sort of like the most, um, the parts of the story that are most visual, right? That I feel like can be explained in a visual means. And then I make kind of an outline from that. So writing is really a big part of it. Um, I also often come back to this, these words of wisdom from one of my professors, which was to try to avoid making art that's like universally understood. So basically, mm -hmm. if you try to make work that pleases everyone, you might fail. But if you make work that tells the story the way you want to tell it or the way that you see it, something that's kind of individual to you, then you're going to find your voice. And when you do that, other people will naturally connect to it because it's authentic. Um, well, yeah. I think that is some great wisdom. I feel like you really downplayed the wisdom you were going to give us <laughs> and then you gave us great wisdom. <laughs> I think because it's like my first book, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh. <laughs> Ask me after it's published. No one knows what they're doing. We're all figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But I think, I think, um, I think there are so many different ways to work, and I think if you allow yourself the time, you'll find the process that works for you. Some people need to get up at 5 a.m. every day and meditate, and that you know, I get to the studio at like noon. And that's how I work best. <laughs> well, congratulations on your book. That's super exciting. And it's Thanks. it's really cool that it's kind of a book that our community would be um, familiar with if they took your workshop on Pamela Coleman-Smith. Um, mm -hmm. You're also hosting another workshop with us next April, um, next month in April, which I'm super excited about. Um, it's going to be about kind of botanical illustration on the iPad. Do you want to talk a bit more about that? And also... You weren't always working in the digital medium, but a lot of your work um, is in that medium now. Can you talk about kind of the evolution of your work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this workshop coming up, it's going to be in celebration of Earth Day. I'm super excited about it. Um, I'm still thinking through the details of what we'll do, but I think we'll do a lot of um, drawing from observation. So I'll probably have members get some flowers if they can or round up their house plants or their roommate's house plants and set up a still life and then um, I'll take you through my process from sketch to digital so which kind of leads into your next question because I still usually sketch on paper even though I end up working digitally or creating the finished project digitally um, and that's something that was kind of also a motivator to go back to grad school is because I felt so like analog. I felt so outdated. I didn't really know how to use digital media and I knew that it would be essential to my work as an illustrator if I really wanted to do it. So that's how I learned, but I don't think you need to go to grad school to learn how to make art on your iPad or to use Illustrator. Like there are so many resources out there. Um, I just wanted the community. But that was when I started to sort of shift from drawing with ink on paper to working digitally. And I think it's really expanded my techniques. Like I think I was resistant for a while because I felt like it was too, like this newfangled modern technology. And <laughs> I was kind of old school. I thought maybe I would lose like, a sense of like my touch or something. 
Um, but really, I actually think it's helped me a lot because, especially with color, because when I was studying printmaking, a lot of it is black and white. And I was a bit afraid of color. And with digital media, you can just undo, you know, and delete. And it's really easy to throw down color and also to like upload um, images that, you know, photos that I take out in the world and then create color palettes from them. Just being able to use tools like that has been so helpful for me in imagining color schemes. Well, I feel like digital allows you to use all these materials that you would, I mean, you're not going to go over to the art supply store every time you want to try like 400 different pens, but I think it's cool <laughs> yeah. that you can experiment and it's all right there. So I'm sure that's really helpful. Do you have a resource that you feel like would be helpful for like beginners that you maybe had um, came across that would be really good for iPad use drawing? Yeah. I mean, YouTube is free. There are so many. Um, I know that Bardo brush, um, it's a, a woman named Lisa Bardo. She makes her own brushes for Procreate. Um, so I use Procreate mostly or Adobe Fresco on the iPad. And um, both programs come with uh, an app set of brushes, but native brushes, I guess. Um, mm. which can be kind of limiting, but there are tons of artists that make their own custom brushes. Mm. So whether you want to do like dry gouache or sumi ink, like you can find it all out there. And a lot of those artists will offer tutorials too on how to use those brushes. So Lisa Bardot is one of them. Um, Kyle Webster is another. And then Adobe Creative Cloud honestly has amazing tutorials if you want to do Illustrator or Fresco. and like you said, Stephen, it's it, like it's an investment at first to get a Creative Cloud subscription or an iPad or computer, but then that's it. Instead of going to the art store every week and buying new materials, um, you know, you have endless reams of paper <laughs> on your on your iPad. So I think I'm not going to say it saves you money, but it's it's definitely worth it in the end if you're into it or want to get started. Yeah. But you also work in a sketchbook still. You kind of mentioned it in our conversation. Um, so do you mind kind of sharing your personal experience of keeping a sketchbook and why you think it's important to anyone's creative practice? Yeah, I mean, so many reasons. <laughs> I think I think it's, um, for me, it's like a very private place. Sometimes I'll share pictures on my Instagram or something, but I think that it's so important to make work that you don't necessarily have to show to anybody. I think it's really essential to have kind of a safe place where you can try out ideas or colors, or maybe you're not so great at drawing from observation and you want to get better at it because you want to make work that you sell or client work that's, you know, drawn from observation. Um, this is a way to try that out without anybody, you know, having to see it. Or maybe you really want to experiment with color like me. Um, you know, my first few sketchbooks were just like blobs of color. I didn't show anybody and I probably never will. And that's, that's really special to me. Um, and now I have a sketchbook where I've, <laughs> I've been trying to draw on it when I wake up before I put my glasses on. <laughs> 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 because 
<laughs> I have a bad habit, as a lot of us do, of getting on my phone like as soon as I wake up before I even get out of bed. And so I started leaving my phone in another room and putting my sketchbook next to my bed. And then like while I'm still in bed, I'll just draw what I see. So it, maybe it's my dog like in bed or plant next to me. Um, and that's cool because like it can't be good. Because I'm blind and I'm tired, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really just like a, a contour drawings kind of, yeah. and it helps me to get into kind of a creative space and not to fall into the scrolling, you know, doom scrolling first thing in the morning. <laughs> I like that. I might do that. I feel like I need to get out of the doom scrolling. Same. I'm curious though, like, because I was going to ask you, what can you see? Because I'm super blind, so I can barely see. Like, I feel like I'd have to have my sketchbook really close to my face. <laughs> yeah, I do. I I, I can see um, close up, like, pretty decently. I'm not so blind, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I will try to draw stuff that's, like, across the room. Like, my closet is one of my favorite. Like, I love to draw um, hanging fabric. It has so many textures and things, and it's kind of across the room, so it is pretty blurry. And I kind of just have to get the essence of it, you know. I can't obsess over details. Cool. So then, my final question for you is, and we kind of talked about it in a freelance perspective, but and narrative illustration. But do you have any tips for our participants who want to kind of create work or submit their work, even? For the sketchbook project but they're a little too afraid to send it back mm -hmm. yeah i know it kind of goes against with what i just said of your sketchbook like a private place <laughs> but i do think it connects back to that um that wisdom from my teacher that if you make something that you know meaningful to you other people will also connect to it and thinking of that helps me to not be so fearful um but i think you know, just trying to overcome that initial fear of other people seeing your work can really help you in a lot of ways. And I think if you're stuck on something, you know, a lot of people, I teach workshops and stuff, and a lot of people ask me, like, what do you, how do I get ideas? You know, what do I draw? And what always helps me is um, coming up with a theme and then working within that theme. So whether it's like drawing your dreams every day for a month or, drawing your dog, you know, drawing all the dogs in the neighborhood that you see, <laughs> whatever, um, but creating some kind of framework to work within will help you stick to it. Awesome. Well, I love that. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for that. Cool. Nice to see you again. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, likewise. Bye. 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 our show thank you so much for listening thank you to Kat and to my co-host Autumn as a reminder if you head to brooklynartlibrary.org you can find out more about the artists and link to their digital library book and a lot more see you next time